Hey, welcome back, Black Tribers. We are back in Colorado. Yay! <clears throat> and another episode. <laughs> and we're excited about this episode because if you're watching on Patreon on our video, you can see our incredibly enormous Christmas tree it's not, it's in our little apartment sweet. here in Colorado. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, we've got the Christmas tree up. So it is that time of year. Okay, babe. I did a, a podcast. It was awesome yes. about raising a working with adult children, but we had serious technical difficulties, so it never aired. Yes. So I thought we should redo it because we yeah. said that we would. We said we would I do it, and we needed word. to re-air because Lisa's not great at uploading video. So we're going to learn how to do it. I don't feel like that was my fault at all. <laughs> okay. So what are we talking about today, baby? Today, sorry, I wanted to put my phone down. We were talking about, um, especially with the holidays coming up, we did an episode about families and holidays, yes. which is so interesting always. Um, and now I just wanted to finish off some of our parenting with having adult children. And if you are an adult child... This will be helpful to you if you are the parents of adult children or heading towards that way. That yes. will be very helpful to you. It, it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was just with my little 21-year-old niece oh. and got to talk to her about her perspective of parenting mm -hmm. and her mom. And it's just interesting different seasons of life and the, the different perspectives that we have and how we see the world, right? That's the key word. Yes. Perspective. Perspective. Let's start there. Okay. Okay. So when you're growing up in a home and you have this family... Maybe when you're small, you think everyone's family is just like yours. And yes. so whatever's happening in your home, it seems normal. Right. If there's violence and alcoholism and uh, yelling, that seems normal because that's all you know. And so you think everyone's home is like that. If it's loving and kind and, and magical, you think everyone's home is like that. Then you get a little older and you start going to friend's house. Yes. And you see that people live differently. <laughs> My great story real quick. This is awesome. So my dad was angry uh, and my mom was very quiet and very sweet. Just like me. And so, yeah, no, it's not the home our kids grew up in. And so we went to Hawaii with this family and they asked if I wanted to stay on longer for an extra five days with them. And you were like, sweet. I'm like, yes, I'm doing this. No parents. And I was like 11 years old and I stayed with these people and they fought and screamed and cussed and the woman did not back down and it was kind of violent. Mm -hmm. And I was so scared because I had never seen a mother and father do that. I'd never seen parents fight that way. And I'd never seen a woman fight back. And it was like such a shocking thing. And for so me. you were like, when I grow up, I want to marry a woman fight back. <laughs> yes. And God answers your prayers. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You're so lucky that you have a woman that has some fight in her. Yes. Yeah. So... That's shocking, right? Because you it think that shocking. everyone is just like your home. And um, then as our kids get older and they start hanging out more and more with other people's families, two, one or two things happen. They either like, wow, there's a piece in my home that's really beautiful that I don't feel at other people's houses, or there's a piece in other people's houses that I don't feel. But what I have found generally is a lot of judgment usually comes out. Okay. And we <clears throat> often accuse our parents the same way that we accuse God. We often hold grudges against them for the things that they missed or the things that um, they didn't value or the things that they didn't show us or the things they didn't teach us. And usually late teens, early 20s, when that real independence starts to stick, come in, so often does a lot of resentment. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, this is our job, right? So we listen to 
people in their 20s tell us their life stories. Mm -hmm. And I sit there a lot of times Mm -hmm. and I think this could be my parents or my children Mm -hmm. saying this about the way I parented. So I always want to get perspective from a parent's view as well. Absolutely. Because uh, our view and our perspective, like you said, is so skewed sometimes, even with our own adult children. Yeah. The way that they they forgot some of the really well, there cool were six things. of them, yeah. and they all have very different stories Completely about what happened different in our stories. home. And then yeah. you have a different one, and I have a different one. Right. So we have eight perspectives from people that all lived in the same home. Some are good, some are bad. I was talking to our son the other day, and I said, you know, everyone in this family has a different perspective. They're all right and they're all wrong. Yes. But my children very rarely have asked me my perspective. And they very rarely have asked you your perspective. I don't know that they ever have asked. But me I'm my not going to. But I'm not going to tell them. Right. I'm, if they want to ask me, they can. But I am in that place now where I um, I love having adult kids. I think it's a really a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. I feel They're like it's friends. it's the payoff from um, all the hard work and all the parenting. The key is the parenting never ends. Right. We still get calls yeah. all the time. We're from parenting our kids. more now than we we are. Parented. But we're not changing diapers. We don't know what time they come home. So there's a beauty in it because when I was ready for them to leave home, not because I was sick of them as people, but I was tired of their messes and I was tired of having the same conversation. And I was tired of not being able to have my home the way that I wanted to be because there was seven other people that I'm had glad their you own never ideas. got tired of my messes. You're actually a very clean person. Yes, I am. Yes, you are a very yes. clean person. So sitting back and looking at the perspectives, if you are an adult child that's now looking at your parents and you have judgment towards them, you might want to ask yourself, should I ask them some questions um, and should I get their perspective on things? And then before you a- ask that, ask the question, do I really want to hear what they want have to say? Right. Because what if their perspective is very different than mine? What if there's no humility? You and I are in a place now where we're really trying to like think in humble ways of, of I'm so sorry. I did this wrong. I apologize to our son last week for something that I did when he was growing up that I thought would have been a deal breaker in our relationship. Right. And he was like, that actually wasn't an issue, mom. I knew where you were coming. Yeah, from I now. think it's really important. Uh, the, the bottom line is, and, and, and again, we have to say this all the time, mm-hmm. is no matter what your perspective is or was or any of it, it you've got to get to forgiveness. That's, That's the, next point. the key. That's yeah. number one. That yeah. you, No matter what, it, 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 even in abuse, even if you were sexually abused, you know, verbally abused. I, I, I live some of that. And, and you, you've got to get to forgiveness mm-hmm. for anything good to happen mm-hmm. from the relationship with your parents or your, or your children, right? If your children were a mess and they were prodigals and they're still not back, man, what you learn is when you forgive and release, that brings healing much quicker than anything else can possibly do. And there's so much that, that filters down from our parents' generation, our generation, that our children are this reflection of us. And so I think in school systems and in religious systems, there's always a lot of judgment towards parents if their children aren't doing well. And I remember when I first moved to Colorado Springs, I lived next to my parents in a separate house. And of course they were in their fifties. And so their new friends were a group of people in their fifties and sixties. And I would be kind of come into some of these conversations. And I remember looking around the room and listening to their stories and thinking, these are really good people who really love their children. But several of their children were like complete messes, like catastrophic messes. But they had other children in the same family that were really soaring in life and in their relationships and everything. And I remember thinking then, okay, parenting is not an exact science that you are going to do certain things and therefore your children are going to turn out a certain way. Right. 
And (laughs) how awesome is it though, when you have kids that are a little against the grain and they're a little more fearless and they're not going to like maybe go into the system that we put them in. Like we put them in the school system. We said, you have to sit here and do this and think this way and go to this college. And we put them in these, these church systems that say, if you're not doing this, this, or this, then we failed as parents. Right. I kind of love it when kids kind of bust out of that and say, I'm going to go do this anyway, because this is what's in my heart. Yeah. I mean, some of you young parents, I want to encourage you, you know, scripture is really clear. Proverbs says, train your child in the way they should go. And when they are older, they won't depart. Mm -hmm. I wish, you know, again, it's 2020s, you know, the perfect vision when you look back, um, if we would reparent again and could, and that's part of what we do with G42 is find out what, what, brings them alive, right. find out what their passion and their, their strengths are, mm-hmm. and then train them in those, not in the way you think they should go mm-hmm. or in the way the school system thinks they right. should go, or even, I'm going to just say it, your church says they should go. Definitely I've not. seen church and religion kill more young people than anything mm-hmm. else. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's now, I think our number one priority is to, even when they're little point our children to the father, let them go to God for their questions and their pain and their hurt, mm-hmm. help them process, mm-hmm. but always be turning them back to the father. So they develop their own faith as young people. Right. And I do think in the perfect world, parents would get healthy and leave this because I think it would set a lot of young people free. If their parents said, listen, your dad and I were doing everything we could to survive. We weren't home as much as we wanted to be. We missed some of your games, whatever happened, but our heart was to provide for you. And we probably didn't do this perfect, but I grew up this way and your mother grew up this way. And compared to what we grew up in, we were awesome parents and we thought we were crushing it. And that would be great if they do that. But what if you're in your thirties and your parents don't show any signs of anything except for maybe being insecure or, or being afraid or being stuck or judging all of your choices at that time? that's when we have to make some decisions about what are our margins with people because your family can be incredibly toxic. Absolutely. Well, most families are. And and there are times where you have to say, which it was made more aware to me when we had our own children was what kind of toxicity in extended family did I want to expose our children to? Like we've had, we have family members that have serious drug addictions that were thieves that were, and it was very toxic. They were not in a place looking for help. Was it our job just because they were our family to then let their toxicity come in to smother our little children? No, of course not. So where, how do you draw that line? Well, you, you've got it. You serve your family. You love your family well. And we all know this. We've all got the crazy uncle. We've all got the whatever. And it's like, you've got to draw, draw those boundaries again, mm-hmm. what we would call guardrails, right? And say, look, this is my family. This is our family values. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't fit into that family value mm-hmm. system. So I can't allow this in. I love you. I'm for you. I'm with you. I've helped you as much as I can, but this, this violates what right. we consider our family, our right. five family values or whatever you list, which I would really encourage every one of you to have those mission statement, right? Mission source. statement and your five family family values that just, they're not comp- compromised. They're mm-hmm. not, you can't argue about them. These are just non-argument of things. Yeah. Right. And so, and then anything that violates that you can say no to, and people need to know that. And that is just, that's actually drawing boundaries the way they're supposed to be drawn in love with good hearts, but you're not going to violate this. Right. So what do you think God's design is then for us to move? Because scripture says that we're supposed to leave our parents and cleave to our spouse. Mm -hmm. So to me, that really should be starting to happen around age 14. Like allowing your children to fail, 
should should expand every year that they're alive. Absolutely. When they're first learning to walk, obviously you do not want them to fall down and crack their head open. So it's great if you can reach out your arm and and keep them from brain damage. Right. Awesome. But at what point do we stop parenting and managing constantly? We saw this so much in the community that we were over-parenting, in. Overparenting and coddling, what we would call coddling. It, yeah. There's a difference though between <clears throat> providing for your children and never allowing them to fail. And I think that we get that confused a lot, especially I was thinking the other day, like everyone's so hard on millennials. Everyone knows I love the millennials. I think they're awesome. But um, what we did in our parenting for millennials is we said to them, you can do anything you want and you can be anything you want and you can go anywhere you want. And you, they had so many choices that kind of shut them down and we didn't let them fail. Right. We gave them the partition, you know, the, the, trophies for everything you show up you get the same participation trophies yeah and worst thing in the world we're seeing that that parenting hurt them (laughs) yep but then we're mad at them about it which doesn't make any sense to me sure so i was thinking like the idea behind it is beautiful what we're actually supposed to do and we can do this with this next generation is remind them of who they are and the calling of their life and the destiny that's that's sitting on them if they choose it the greatness that is within them but and not telling them you can do anything you want. Right. Noah said to me this morning, he's like, I want to be an NBA star. And I was like, well, A, you're white. B, you haven't played basketball in a long time. And C, he's like, no, mom, everyone tells me I can do it. And we're having this like sarcastic little argument about the truth of life. Right. But what if instead of telling our kids they can do anything, we told, we remind them of who they are. Yep. Yeah. And again, that's not perfect. Right. I think James Dobson said it when I was a young parent. I'll remember it so well. He said, you can take an egg and boil it in water and you can take another egg and boil it the same amount of time in the same water. And it comes out completely different. And it's just same with our children. Mm -hmm. We can do the perfect thing in parenting them and saying, this is who you are. We're going to encourage this part of you. We want to do all those things. And they still might end up being turds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And most of the time they will be. It's not a science. It's not a science. So moving into that then. What does that, what is it supposed to look like when obviously 18 used to be the cutoff when people would leave home? Now it's more like 28, (laughs) Um, which I really encourage parents that are frustrated with adult children is to cut off their food supply. (laughs) If you want them to grow up, up, they, they have to fail. And it was always interesting to me that our kids' rooms were disgusting and their bathrooms were disgusting. But now I go to their homes and they're spotless and organized. They value what they paid for. Right. There was no way for them, no matter how much I nagged, to value what you and I paid for. Right. It was. It just didn't matter to exactly. them. Exactly. It's like people that own houses versus people that rent houses. That's why, again, I mean, college is a complete and total waste of money and time unless you're going to be something specific. If you're mm-hmm. going to go be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer. Otherwise, you go to community college, mm-hmm. you save tens of thousands of dollars. And anybody that's still on your payroll, on your, your cell phone at 18, 19, 20, they're going to stay dependent. Right. They're going to think that they can do anything in the world. We've got a lot of G42 students who are 30 years old and never had a job, Right. never lived on their own. When they call us, their dad's name still shows up on their cell, cell phone plans. And I always make a big point of it. That, and I call them by their dad's name. And they're right? like, what? Right. What are you talking about? It's cheaper about? to have the family plan. And again, I'm, I point. wish that, again, there's parts of me that I, I wish I could have done more financially for our children. Yeah. Except that 
Every single one of them are hard workers. Every single one of them had to get up True. in the morning. Every one of them are disciplined. They manage their lives. And they're a little well. angry and bitter because if they didn't have all the stuff, but they're they're managing their lives. Well, they're well. getting the stuff now just by themselves. By themselves, they're going to buy it all, right? <laughs> so I, I, I want to, I mean, this is tough for you, especially young parents to hear. Um, and again, we've said this, this is a sacred thing. Your bedroom's sacred. And we've talked mm-hmm. about this a lot. This is a sacred thing for this generation. The, the kids that rise to the top, and our leadership school mm-hmm. are the ones that have had to fought, fight it oh, out. Yeah. Our best leaders that just graduated mm-hmm. a, a couple weeks ago. That have failed and overcome time and time again. Failed again. and failed. Their dad died when they were five or whatever happened to them. And they overcame and they went and worked and helped their family right. when they were young, even right. in middle school and high school. Those are the kids that end up rising to the top and being the leaders. The ones that we coddle and we take care of uh, we, everything for them and we don't let them feel any pain are the ones that are hanging on. And not doing anything with their life, and they're not reproducing or producing life everywhere they go. But there are a lot of what I would consider really successful, good people out there that really believe and live it out that being a good parent means providing everything for your children and never allowing them to fail. Right. Of course they do. And what is the fallout of that? Well, <laughs> it's, it's extended huge. adolescence. Yeah. They stay ex- children they stay because children. they're treated like children. Right. So now our. New, new 18 is a 28 year old, mm-hmm. right? So what were your, you had three? Yeah. The, the beginning is the perspective because okay. the key to, the key to our marriage is me pulling back and looking what life looks like for you. What is your job? Like, what is your relationship with your kids? Like, how do you feel? What is going on in your mind? If I only stay in my perspective, I won't have any compassion for you. Right. I won't have any, I'll have expectations. Of so you, I need but to I won't see the world. We need to step eyes. back and look if you're the child, you need to look at the world through your parents' eyes and vice versa. Yeah. The next part I think that people struggle with is the friendship part. Because the worst thing you can do when you're raising your children and they live in your home is to be their best friend. Right. You know, to be one of those people that have no no boundaries, no discipline, and you just want to be their buddy and you're gonna smoke with them and drink with them and you're gonna do all these things with them and you're cool. Right. Because they don't respect you and you're not showing them at all what adult life looks like. You're not a good example <laughs> right. of hard work or, or anything. Here's like. what a man or a woman look right. like yeah. in real society. Yeah. Yeah. And there are people that just never <clears throat> grow up and they're always going to act like children. And so their kids eventually become sure. their parents. Right. Because they do. And, and I'll say this real quick. I, and I tell this to our young people all the time. When you're in your 20s, guys, the way that you honor God and your parents is by honoring God. You, you don't obey, your, especially your mom and dad are stuck. They never got into that second half of life. There's, it's still all about them. They, everything is, is, is me, 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 me. You get to love them as a sister or brother in Christ, but you don't have to do what they tell you to do. You just do what the father says. Absolutely. Right? That's how you honor your parents, by honoring God. Absolutely. Especially as you're leaving home. We've got one home right now, Noah, who's 18, and he's, he's starting to separate. And we're mm-hmm. encouraging it. In mm-hmm. fact, we're kind of pushing it. Because it's time for him to get out of the nest mm-hmm. and go hit his head a couple times. Yeah. Okay. And it's going to be scary. Yeah. And there's going to be tears and it's going <laughs> to hurt. And I'm going to want to fix it. Yeah. And I'm not going to because it's no, you're I'm not, not okay. going to fix so it. So first is perspective. So perspective. I always say this when you've got a little one, a toddler, you get down on the floor with them and yes. you see the world from how they Absolutely. see it. You've got a middle school or the worst time of life for everyone. You go and sit with them in their classroom. You go get a, be a part of their lives and see their sports team. What are they seeing with their coaches and their friends. Invite their friends over. Yeah. yeah. Be a part of it, but don't overcoddle it. Don't mm-hmm. make it where you have to be at everything. You need to give them freedom. High school. 
I mean, you don't know well, what you're... Well, actually, the older your kids get, <clears throat> the more intense your parenting comes. The physical side kind of drifts away, like, with the changing diapers and the car seats and all that. But you eventually, you're parenting even more. Yeah. And so the second part is the friendship, which you don't want to be a best friend to little kids. No. But when your children are adults, yes. which, according to the law, is 18 or older, they can be tried as adults. If they can fight for their country, they probably should be treated like adults. And go get a job. And, and get a get job. And get their own cell phone. And, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, we know all these <laughs> Are you going to make me get my own plan? I'm getting yeah, scared. Yeah, Yeah. It's cheaper to do the family plan. But it's, it is now is the time to be their friend. And so the way I talk to my adult children, which all five of them are adults now, is like I would talk to a friend. Yeah. I do not dole out unsolicited advice to my friends. I listen to my friends. I repeat back to them what I heard them say. I ask them how they're feeling in that situation and if there's any way I can serve them in it. But think about what you needed when you were 18. Did you need someone to tell you how you were doing everything wrong? Did you need someone to cut you off and say, well, I, you got to do it this way or your life will blow up. You quit that team, you'll quit everything. Do you need that when you're, when you're coming into adulthood or do you need a friend who is older, who can see a different perspective and share with you some of their wisdom without telling you what to do. Well, and, and, and let's be clear, a friend isn't somebody who just goes along with your being no, an idiot, no, right? No, you're not no. just, you're not just being their friend to be their friend. So you're cool. No, you're telling them the truth and love. Mm-hmm. This is not going to go well for you, but go, go try it. But if you pull back from the parenting and the overparenting enough, to talk to them like they're adults and treat them like they're adults, they will open up more to you. They will share more to you. Yeah, no question. If you know that every time you talk to me, I'm going to cut you off and tell you what you're doing wrong, you're going to quit talking talking. to me. Yep, absolutely. And I had to learn that the hard way with our kids. And now even with our 23-year-old who literally said to me on the phone a couple few weeks ago, I just want more of you, Dad. Right. I haven't had you in five years. You've been in Spain. Can I just have more of you? In tears, right? And now being on the phone with him, he's asking me good questions. Like, how do you stay disciplined? But he's actually asking you questions. Yes, right. And so what he's saying is, I really want to know. He starts his sentences with, Mom, what what do you think about this? Or, Dad, I wanted to hear what your thoughts are on this. Because he's trying to grow. And he's trying to figure out adult life. And he's asking exact questions, which is when... This is, I literally say to my friends and to my children, are you asking me for advice or do you just want me to listen to you? And that's really important to do with your spouse, by the way, and with your children, especially as they grow older. Okay. So we've got perspective, we have friendship, Mm -hmm. and then we have what? I was just going to give a great example of what you did. Go ahead. Please. (laughs) I I like it when you brag that. It was awesome. But I think people need to hear this is um, I had a really hard time this last month, like the hardest time that I've had in a long time. Grief. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. And the place that we were at, I just, everything felt very dark. And I kind of melted down one night and I cried real hard and I was losing it a little bit. And you just held me and you rubbed my back and you, you know, pushed my hair out of my face and you were just so kind and loving and you didn't try to fix it. And you could have said some things like, That's a, this is temporary and this is going to be okay or blah, blah, blah. But you just listened to me. And after I threw my fit and got all my tears out, I said, this is what our kids want. That's yeah, what our that's kids right. want. Yeah. They want us to listen and be there and be present. And they want us to it, not minimize what they're going through. Because the first time you buy a house is scary. The first time you decide to you know, get, you know, get married or, or have children it is overwhelming. The first car wreck. The first, all that stuff yeah. is overwhelming. And so instead of having my 50-year-old perspective of saying, I don't even remember the first ticket I got. I never got a ticket, so that's why I don't remember it. But 
I didn't say I haven't been pulled over. I said I've never gotten a ticket. <laughs> so if we look at it from that perspective of, I remember what it felt like when I was 19 and I bought my first house and I was so excited and I thought my parents were going to be so proud. Now, again, this is for those 28 year olds. 19 people don't normally buy homes at 19 these days. But I know, yeah. but I was kind of weird. Yeah. So I bought my first I house. I love it if you do, by the way. And, and awesome. there are many that do. It's awesome. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Back in an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Come on, church. It's okay. My life yeah, goes yeah. in a little bit. And let me give a little perspective. We were on an old 1920s campus with our school. Yes. In a moldy, really bad apartment with no kitchen. Yeah. And a very small bathroom. And, you know, my wife is 50 and she's seasoned and she's been around the world and she's lived on mats in India and in Africa. Oh, I'll do the hard stuff. And she'll do it. And they kind of don't want to. But, anymore. you know, we couldn't have, we couldn't drink wine on the campus. And when we, we go to the commercial dinner. kitchen to cook our dinner, there's 30 people in the kitchen. And, and so a rat. It was, yeah, and a big rat. Yeah. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. And it was cold. It and was, so she yeah. broke down and she should have. And, Thank God for me, pats on my back, right? I just knew how I'd missed it. So I just needed to shut up and listen. <laughs> but it wasn't your fault and I wasn't blaming you. But I think that's all all human beings want is listen to what I'm going through. Now, if someone is stuck in a cycle, you know, with life coaching and all the stuff we do, when someone is always stuck in the victim circle, that's when I always draw the line. Right. You, you stop. I mean, you know, crazy women make me run away faster yes. than, than a rat or anything else because it's like when people do that victim thing, that does get really old. Accusation, so, blaming, yeah, victim. and never. And yes. anytime someone has a perspective where they were always wronged and other people are always the problem, that's a huge red flag. Right, that and we're around that quite a bit. Yeah, that I happens mean, a lot. It happens. But so. to be able to just like sit and and remember what you needed when you were nineteen or twenty or twenty one. And just the simple things of life that you don't understand that a lot of this generation is afraid to mention. Yeah. They are afraid to say, I don't know how to change a tire. Nobody ever taught me. I'm 28. I should know, but I always just called AAA yes. and my dad didn't teach me or whatever. We need to have a little more compassion for that. We, we need to find that YouTube dad. Google the YouTube dad, guys. I mean, this is a big deal. Our This generation... Has no idea. They've, they've been never parented. been taught how they've to clean parented. the kitchen properly or change a tire, change their oil or whatever. And again, I'm not, there's no blame there on either side, but there's a YouTube dad that'll teach you how to tie your tie. Or I love that. I wish I would have thought of it. I would have done that on YouTube. Not too late. But it's, well, that's true. So I, that's, it's a real thing. Yeah. And, and we have to slow down and we have to realize it's a whole new generation that yeah. don't think the way that we thought. They're extremely liberal. They're finding their own politics. Mm -hmm. They're finding their own faith. And we've got to be have grace for that and learn from that with them. I do not learn try to from fix it, though, them. don't oh, you? Oh, absolutely. All Whenever, the time. you know, I mean, Alexis, when, when she comes over and you guys are very opposed in a lot of political things and different things, but you guys just talk now. Yeah, we have fun with it. But both of you have let your guard down. Yep. Both of you have said, I'd rather have a relationship with this person. Right. Then and then be right. Yeah, and, and, right. yep. and that is a decision. And you'll find that with your older children that it's just like with your spouse. You don't need to be right. You you need to listen. And even when the accusation and blame comes, you don't need to defend yourself mm -hmm. because the truth is always going to be seen and always come out. And their perspective isn't proper perspective most of the time. And you just get to go, okay, if that's how you saw it, uh, please forgive me. I love you. And and if you can get to that space, guys, it produces conversations that you'd wish you'd always had with one another mm -hmm. because you don't need to prove anything and be right about anything. Who cares? Humble yourself is the key in all of this.
Is that the third? Oh my gosh. Humility yeah. and forgiveness. If you're watching this video, you can see how, how good I am. Okay. You're doing really good today. Humility. Humility and forgiveness. We started with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We're ending with humility and forgiveness. Okay. I said to a lot of our young men um, at graduation, they they were asking me a lot of questions. And I told them the, the best men that I know are humble men. Mm. And I think that that scripture that talks about the meek will inherit the earth. We think that's weak. It's not. It's humble. Yeah. The humble inherit it, the earth. And your humility is the reason, honestly, that our marriage works. And your continued humility is why there's there's healing taking place in our family. So someone does have to lead it. And I think it's the hard, it's still very hard for me to humble myself. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. But when you say you're sorry first, it does kind of heap those coals on my head where now I'm responsible for how I respond. Yeah. So it's really important to know that you could switch your attitude, change your life, become a transformed person and your family of origin, your parents, or your children may not only stay stuck where they're at, they could go backwards. Yeah. And just because you're transformed doesn't mean the people around you are going to be transformed. Right. Most and of that's the time you, they're not going. Most of the time they're not. Right. And so you have to decide, can I forgive them and can I humble myself without expectations? And you want to always ask yourself this, especially coming into the holiday seasons. We made it through Thanksgiving. We're all still alive, most of us. Barely. Um, yeah, barely. We got COVID. It was great. Thanks, Tyler. We love you. Um, it was worth it. It was all worth it, but it was bad. Uh, that is this a mountain worth dying on? What are it's my not mountains? Tyler's fault. He no, was I know. so he was... sick. Bless his heart. What is worth dying for? Is this a mountain that I'm worth? It's worth dying on to have this argument. Mm-hmm. And, and most Do of the time, right the question is not, it's not the, 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 the mountain worth dying on is family and life and bringing life and walking in humility and forgiveness. It's never proving you're right and they're wrong because mm-hmm. when you get into that, especially in your family, in these tight spaces over the holidays, you know, you don't bring up politics around the table. You don't bring up all these things. Just you do want to just keep peace, but you speak the truth in love. You speak life to one another and you'll be shocked at how well that works. Or like I do, just walk out of the room. (laughs) Sometimes you have to choose to walk out of the room. Do not enjoy confrontation on any level. And we'll just say, and and, well, Lisa will say, look, I'm not having this conversation because I know where it's going to go. So let's just choose to not do this right Mm -hmm. now. And it's, that's, that's maturity. That's humility. That's, that's how we do these things. I'm happy to have the conversation. I would just like to have it in private. And I would like the children not to be exposed to the anger. I would like, you know, and I would like it if everyone could just be nice for one day. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> just, not in this just, family. Too many AIDS. Just, yeah, that's all on you. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I, I, I take full responsibility. You have made these like warriors that just want to punch they the air all the time. Man. I know. I love it, but it's also I know you silly. enjoy it. Yeah. I don't actually enjoy it at all. I get very nervous. Your mom and I used to hold hands a lot. So not all of us enjoy the conflict, but just to look at that as realizing like, what can I control? What can I not control? And really the only thing you can control is yourself, right? Your response, your words, uh, the way that you treat people and hopefully your love and humility will overwhelm them and they will crave more of that for their own life. And if they don't, okay, that's okay. It's freaking time to grow up. Parents, (laughs) you need to grow up, right? You just got to grow up. It's just time to grow up. Young people, grow the hell up. 
Stop fighting and stop accusing and stop trying to find something that's wrong. There are th- enough that's wrong. There's enough dysfunction and enough mm-hmm. hardship and enough pain. And, and if you don't know what to do with that pain, you're going to transmit that on everybody around you. If you'll hold that pain and allow it to transform you into humility and grace for one another, you're going to have a healthy family. It's not going to be perfect ever. It's always going to be dysfunctional, mm-hmm. but you're going to have a more health. You're going to have better conversations. You're going to see more life. And the grandbabies are worth it. They are a huge bonus to holding it. The grandbabies are worth it. And so they love you unconditionally. They do. They love you unconditionally. They think you're awesome. But it's also a big part of why I just humble myself with my kids because I want to be with my grandbabies. Yeah. Well, I really like our kids. I I like our kids too. I know. My grandbabies just stepped up just a little bit. But that's a good point to end on is how many times do we as parents put all of our happiness and all of our hope on our children? And there is there is a healthy thing that happens, a healthy grieving process, probably more for women than men when their children when your children leave the house. Yeah. Because there is something about the fact that you'll never all be around that, that dinner table again. You're not gonna see their fuzzy hair in the morning and it's just it's gonna be different. It's gonna be different from that time on. So anytime we lose something like that that we really value, there is a grieving process. But after that grieving process should become a celebration. Yes. Because so many parents want to keep their kids close to them, want to keep them in their house, want to keep, they want them to run the family business. They want them to do this. They oh, want they don't want to do with their spouse. They want it. That is actually really true. I know. There's a lot of people. And, and keep I want to say around. this before we end, because uh, I'm running into this a lot right now. I get a lot of parents who don't like who their kids are dating. Now, some of that's legitimate. They're idiots and you hate it. Look at our best, the ones that love us the most are our daughter-in-law and our soon-to-be son-in-laws and another daughter-in-law I almost. I love those people. They love us. We love them. Don't just go to the negative when your kids start to date and start to, to get into that engagement period of their lives. Mm. Get to know those people. Let them see your heart. See if there's some things that maybe God called them to your table for you to parent them in a way that doesn't seem like you're parenting, but you're just loving them really well. I got to lay hands on my soon-to-be son-in-law uh, in St. Louis the oh, other day. And it, it, he had a, some sickness happen and his face was a little droopy. And I just loved that. I, and he just loved that I prayed for him. And it kind of stunned he's him. He's such a great man. And he's just him. a good man. And so don't ever stop your value system. But right? I want, Yeah, but I want people to really think about that because our son did date someone that was very difficult. And they all she, have. Yeah, they yeah. all did. But she was, she particularly made... Our life's miserable. She made a lot. She brought yeah. a lot of chaos into our lives. I didn't like this girl, but I felt like my son was saying I I might marry this girl, and so I stayed very positive in it because I didn't want something I said when they were dating to come back on me when they were married and had children. Right. And so if your children are adults and they're choosing someone, it doesn't really matter what you think because right. you're not marrying them. Yeah, they got to pay the and price. And so I kept my mouth shut. I was really relieved when they when they broke up because I did feel like she was a very toxic little little girl and she still is. And thankfully we've been given this really beautiful daughter-in-law that is just such an amazing woman and one of my best friends. And it's easy to love her, but even if she was difficult, right. even if I didn't like the way she parented, even if yep. I didn't like the way she ta- treated my son, I would still love her because my son chose her. It's my job to, to, to love my adult children. The best way I can do that is to support the people that they Absolutely. love. Absolutely. And, and guys, that's where prayer comes in. Oh yeah. You don't get to voice your opinion all the time and think what, tell everybody what you think. You, you've got a difficult son or daughter. You've got a difficult son-in-law, daughter-in-law, mother-in-law, whatever it is. That's where you go to the father and say, mm-hmm. father, 
either soften their heart and create some really cool space here or remove them or soften my heart and create something in me to where I'll fall in love with them at a deeper level. That's where you go to the father with these things. And that's where prayer really counts. And doesn't it go back to the fact that your satisfaction can never come through another person? Can't. It can't come through your spouse. It can't come through your children and it can't come through your parents. When Once we put people in that situation where they're a God to us, they can only fail. That's right. They will fail us every day and we will always be disappointed in them and there will always be chaos in that. It's good, baby. You killed it. So perspective, friendship, humility, forgiveness, right? That's it. Say guys, God bless you. We'll have another podcast out for before Christmas. Hey, uh, GaryandLisaBlack.com for our coaching. Um, Thank you very much. This Patreon video is on our Patreon.com slash GaryandLisaBlack. You can watch the live video there. Well, it is live right now. It won't be for you, but it's live for us. Um, and then our podcast will come out on Friday on Apple and, and SoundCloud. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Let us know any kind of concept, any kind of anything you want to talk about. Ask us any questions you want. You can reach us really simple on our website. God bless you. Talk soon. Should we have not mentioned